Welcome to another episode of Rippin' Hoops. We're not talking much Rip City today, but Carson, what's going on? Nothing much. Uh, just watching a lot of basketball, a lot of good basketball, a lot of bad basketball, just basketball in general. Um, it's a great day to be a basketball fan for sure. A uh, couple series are getting closed out. Got a couple that have closeout games uh, coming up, so it's going to be fun to watch. And uh, Yeah, what are your thoughts so far in the first week and a half of the playoffs? I think they've been really good. I think this is one of the years that I've watched probably most of the games for every series. The one I haven't been too tuned into is the Jazz Mavericks one, but otherwise I've caught pretty much all the games. It's been really entertaining. I think we've learned a lot about about guards. I think the amount of guards that are getting taken out of these games, like Morant and Trey Young, just teams double-teaming stars like Durant, it's been really interesting. Yeah, it seems like a lot of player, a lot of uh, teams are taking out the best players. You saw tonight as well with Milwaukee just taking out DeRozan just the whole game. I don't think he had a he had one field goal attempt like midway through the 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 first half. So they were just every single time he was getting a screen, they were trapping him, just not letting him shoot, and letting uh, all those no names basically on Chicago try to beat him and. Uh, yeah, it worked out in Milwaukee's favor. But, yeah, uh, stars getting taken out and uh, injuries happening. A lot of injuries to not just, like, 11th man on the bench, but a lot of key contributors are getting injuries, injuries like hamstrings. Uh, I don't know. It seems like the some players that are household names are getting injured for sure. Yeah, injuries never great, but um, like you mentioned, Bulls pretty much just had DeRozan get trapped all night by Milwaukee, and that that series ended in five. Um, so speaking of the ones that got closed out, Milwaukee won that one in five. Um, Patrick Williams actually was a bright spot for the Bulls though, twenty three points tonight and twenty in the previous game, but ultimately just not enough talent with uh, both Zach Levine and Lonzo Ball out now. And as well as... And Caruso. Yeah, Caruso also concussion, I believe, right? Yeah, it's a concussion. The first report is that he broke his face, so I'm glad he didn't do that. Yeah. Just a concussion. But, I mean, even without Middleton, I don't think this is really a surprise. Bucks beating the Bulls. I thought they'd sweep them. Definitely think that losing Middleton in the middle of that game was tough, but they adjusted, got the job done. Um, Bulls maybe would have been a contender fully healthy, but expecting any team to be fully healthy right now is just not very realistic. Um, yeah, just not not a lot of shooting from Chicago. Um, DeRozan, we know, is not a very uh, three-point threat. He's kind of mid-range off the dribble, creates his own shot. So with Lonzo not there, Zach Levine not there, uh, they had to rely on guys like Derek Jones Jr., Troy Brown Jr., Vucevic, who was struggling with his three-all series. So uh, they had to rely on the three-game a lot. And you could even see Milwaukee like not even closing out, just basically leaving those guys open. And Chicago just uh, didn't have the talent to make them. Yep, pretty much. And, I mean, on the Bucks side, Giannis was Giannis. He was great. 
Bobby Portis was good. And then sprinkled in through the series were some Pat Connaughton and Grayson Allen shooting nights that were just very impressive. Pat Connaughton tonight with 20 points on six of nine three-point shooting. And I'm pretty sure Grayson Allen, in addition to scoring 13 tonight, had a bunch of points the other night as well. So that helps. Yeah, after really having no involvement in the first two games, kind of got implanted uh, after the – Chris Middleton injury and uh, found his role and is making a lot of shots. And uh, as we know from Duke, he's a very feisty defender as well. So he's been, he's been playing really well and uh, see, look to see what his role is going to be up coming in the next series. Cause that's going to be probably the best series of the playoffs. Yep. I completely agree. Um, on the other side, as far as games, that have been closed out or series that have been closed out. The Warriors just a few minutes ago beat the Nuggets 102-98 to end the series in five. This game was really entertaining, actually. The Nuggets were up a lot of it. DeMarcus Cousins was looking like King's DeMarcus Cousins and then kind of got put to bed when Jokic got in foul trouble. He hurt his hamstring, still made some floaters to come back, but they couldn't end up uh, catching the Warriors. What do you think? Yeah series in general yeah the series in general um closer games than what i would think and i think a lot of that is just because of how good Jokic is Jokic is the best player probably in the nba is gonna be back-to-back mvps he's just so good um they really didn't have anybody to guard him but really nobody in the nba can guard him um just great passing good rebounding of course efficient shooting um but yeah the 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 first three games was kind of just the the guards of uh, Golden State uh, with Curry, Thompson, and Poole, who was turning into Michael Jordan those first three games. Um, but since so the last two games, Poole's kind of slowed down a little bit and kind of uh, has been the Curry-Thompson uh, show from three and Draymond kind of running the offense. But, yeah, a good fight from um, the Nuggets. I know I talked a lot of slander on Aaron Gordon on how bad he was playing, but the last couple of games he uh, he played like a second star did, like he should have. So, um, yeah, uh, usually if you go down 3-0, a lot of teams would kind of just <laughs> fall over and let that sweep kind of go uh, with, you know, looking on the other side with three Hall of Famers on the other side. So uh, good fight from the Nuggets, good fight from Jokic, and probably is going to be the MVP in the upcoming weeks probably. Yeah, like you mentioned, uh, Aaron Gordon just getting every offensive rebound tonight. I mean, I I caught second half of the game, and I swear in the end of the third quarter, beginning of the fourth, he got like three offensive rebounds in one possession, and he just looked great. was trying a lot harder than – a lot of the Warriors guys were on rebounds at that time. Um, but what do you think of Clay in general? He was one for six from three tonight, um, had nine boards, 15 points, but I still don't think he looks what Clay used to be. Clay, Clay was fine. He, uh, he had a rough shooting night, but uh, the two way kind of came into play. I believe he had four steals tonight. So it was uh, playing really well against like Will Barton. Uh, those wings from 
from Denver. So he was he was playing really good on the defensive side, and I mean he's still one of the best shooters of all time. It just him and uh, and Pool expect like um, sorry Pool the uh, Pool especially was having a lot of struggles. Uh, I don't know how he's gonna kind of equip to that Curry kind of coming back to the starting lineup. Uh, because when Curry was coming off the bench, he kind of knew his role, role, and he was uh, he was playing really well. But the last couple of games, he's kind of slowed down. So I don't know how that three guard lineup's gonna work. Uh, maybe he goes back to the bench um, when they go up against uh, their next opponent. So I don't know how that's gonna correlate. Yeah, tonight was the first night that they started the lineup of death 2.0 with Draymond, Wiggins, Curry, Thompson, and Poole. Um, didn't go necessarily great, but Gary Payton's second was really important off the bench. I thought he was one of the main reasons they won that game. He had two big threes, um, made a couple of other p- plays. They kept showing his dad. He was closing instead of pool, and he, he was really good. So I think that he gave them a big boost. Yeah, I guess the new nickname is they call them the Bay Bombers. I don't know what that is. Is that a good one? <laughs> I think that's pretty good. Yeah. Um, and then the other series that has been closed out was the Celtics and Nets. Tons of storylines here, just Ben Simmons, all that. Um, also, Kevin Durant and Charles Barkley going back and forth. You know, Kyrie flipping off Celtics fans in the first game. Just a lot of drama here, but ended in four games. I don't think anyone expected that. Yeah, I don't think anybody expected four games, but I don't think anybody really expected uh boston's defense that was one of the best in the nba at in the regular season kind of translate over into the postseason uh with two offensive talents on the spectrum of kevin durant and kyrie uh durant just couldn't get into a rhythm this whole series he kind of had a good last game but um was really settling for a lot of jump shots and wasn't really going into the into the lane, was getting stripped a lot, was just getting harassed. Um it was a it was a mixture of really good defense from Boston and Durant just not being Durant and kind of him I think this series is kind of him handing the torch to Tatum as probably the most unguardable player in the NBA. And Tatum's kind of with that series just went toe to toe with Durant and actually just whomped them, just beat them four zero. So uh, I think Tatum is kind of it's a coming out party for Tatum. I feel like Tatum, if he keeps going like this, he's going to be a top five player in the NBA. Yeah, earlier in the year, I was telling my friend while I was at a Blazer game, the Celtics were in town that I thought Tatum was pretty overrated. And I I think the thing that I wasn't realizing or that I didn't realize at the time is that Tatum is such a good defender now. He was he was locking up Durant and he's he's really a a premium wing defender when he used to be kind of a poor defender, or at least wasn't a plus defender. So that's that that's just been such a difference that I wasn't expecting. Um and that wasn't there last year when they played Brooklyn. But um Grant Williams was good in this mm-hmm. game. 14 points, um, three blocks. He's been a good defender. Um, another guy they can just throw in there and they can switch with. And then Robert Williams um, coming back from injury, still only playing 14 minutes, but getting back into the rotation. 
Um, did you ever think Marcus Smart would be the point guard that could have 11 assists in a game and actually run a team that looks to be a contender? No, I didn't really think he had the mentality of being kind of a offensive threat, really. I thought he was kind of a good, maybe a good spot-up shooter to get hot, but his his bread and butter, butter was on the defensive side. Um, I talked about it in one of our first podcasts when we were talking about how the Celtics were kind of in trouble, um, thinking about maybe splitting up Tatum and Brown. And the reason why they just really haven't had very much success is they didn't have a facilitator on offense to kind of get rid of like that isolation ball movement, I guess not ball movement between Brown and Tatum, just kind of going back and forth. And with Marcus Smart kind of leading the troops and being a facilitator first, it's kind of uh, been the point guard that they've needed. And uh, there was rumors like beginning of the year, middle of the year that they were thinking about getting rid of one of those probably well smart probably most more than brown but one of those two guys and um they're glad right now that they didn't because they look like one of the front runners to win the whole thing yeah i heard those rumors as well and suddenly things have completely turned around they're like you said one of the favorite teams to win the entire championship and i think it's funny because like two months ago, all the 538 and all these analytics, data analytics websites were saying that Celtics had the second best odds to win the title. And everybody was going crazy. I remember Bill Simmons and Ryan Rosillo saying like that it was insane. And that's from a homer of Bill Simmons. Mm-hmm. They were kind of making fun of analytics and saying, look, this is a prime example of when sometimes you can't always trust the numbers. It's pretty ironic because they've ended up being really accurate and if anyone actually took those odds at the time, they'd probably be in a good spot right now. But I just I think that's funny because they, people were using it as an example of why you shouldn't look at numbers, and here they are. Um, but yeah, Tatum, probably a top five player in the NBA now. Horford completely just came back to life after being in OKC and basically writing him off. Um, and then on the- I guess I guess OKC rejuvenates your career. Chris Paul, Al Horford. Yeah. That's true. I think it's just like a, it's like a break. It's like a, yeah, it's like a break. It's like a stepping stone to the rest of your career. Yeah, it's like in school when you had two weeks of no tests or something, and you kind of just relax, come back, more energy. That's what they're doing. But um, on the Brooklyn side, like you said, Durant was a little bit better, but still thirteen of thirty-one. Um, I believe in the series that going into this game, the um, Celtics had outscored the Nets by like 14 points, and this was a four-point game. So pretty sure it was like an 18-point spread for all four games, which is pretty impressive. Um, Pretty not impressive, but surprising for a sweep. Um, But Kyrie Irving, just not reliable in this game. Seth Curry was really good, and Blake Griffin gave them some energy, but nothing crazy. Um, Well, I I mean, on the Kyrie side, I just don't think – I mean, I think he's very offensively skilled. I think he's one of the best handlers of all time. Um, It's just that he's kind of built off his whole career off of one shot he made six years ago. I don't think that he is a winning basketball player besides that, basically that one series and that one shot. 
Um, and just to the stats in the playoffs have kind of proved that. Um, his reliability to be a good teammate, stay on the court for many, many of reasons, um, for not talking to LeBron his last kind of couple months in Cleveland before he was out on his way out there, how he kind of just left Boston and now kind of this year with the, the COVID mandate. So um, I don't think I can see him being like the second best player on his team anymore. I feel like he's, I mean, I still think he's a great player. I just don't feel like you can count on him like a lot of these other guys. Yeah, I think this might end up helping out LeBron's case and it being pretty impressive for him to actually win with Kyrie. And Kyrie seemed like a normal guy back then. I don't think his behavior was nearly as bad. So LeBron was doing something right there. Um, but yeah, they got to make a decision of whether they want to give him a huge five-year, $246 million extension, I believe, somewhere around there. And I'm just not sure it's going to happen. They're probably not going to have Drummond next year. Um, luckily, they'll. Pr- I think they'll still have Claxton, who was one of eleven from the line tonight or last night on Monday. Yeah, I mean Claxton played great all series. He just can't make a free throw. It's oh. it's tough to have confidence when teams are hacking you as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what are your thoughts on Ben Simmons? Do you think he's going to be a net next year, or do you think? I was going somewhere say- else. I hope I was going to say let's just not talk about it because it's it's just so hard to even predict. But I do think he's going to be in that. I don't think they're going to be able to get rid of get enough for him. Um, I understand that there's some confusion, and you know the Nets were pretty disconnected with his decision. But it sounds like they'll probably end up figuring that out. Just because I don't think a team's going to want to trade a guy that they gave up a lot for never play him and then sell him for less. I just, most GMs are too, they have too much pride to admit that they made that bad of a move. Do you think Steve Nash is their coach next year? I do. Because I think Durant likes him, but I'm not sure. I think he, in any other year, you'd say he's just not a good enough coach. Probably should get rid of him. But he's dealt with so much crap with Kyrie, with Harden, with Durant. I think it's almost impressive that he almost got to the finals last year and then kind of at least kept the team together a little bit. But I don't know. It's been tough. I feel like it's tough to focus. Yeah, they're they're in a huge predicament when it comes to what they're going to do. Because if I was in the situation, I don't know who who you're going to get, but I don't know how – I would definitely want to keep Durant as the centerpiece, but I would not pay Kyrie that much money. If, he, if there was like a one- or two-year contract, sure, but I'm not trying to pay um, him a max deal. I don't want I don't want Kyrie in his late 30s where he. you don't even know if he wants to be playing basketball. So, I don't know. I don't even know if he wants to play now. Yeah, that's what I mean. So – I'm guessing when he's in his late thirties, he's not going to be wanting to play. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's up with that guy, but too much, too much drama there to even talk about. Cause it just changes all the time. But um, the other series that was closed out, Miami heat beat the Atlanta Hawks by three to win the series in five 
gentleman sweep. Um, DeAndre Hunter was great for the Hawks. He had 35 points, 10 of 11 from the line. Um, did a lot on the defensive end as well. But Trey Young really just struggled all series. And I think the Hawks were probably lucky to even get a game with how poorly he played. Yeah, Trey Young struggling, only averaging 15 points. And then their second best player, John Collins, really struggling as well, kind of playing the big with Clint Capella not being able to play for injury. But I don't think that's the reason why uh, the injury to Clint, I don't think that's the reason why this was so quick. Uh, they were just outmatched. Miami's playing great defense. Uh, like Brooklyn, I sorry, like Boston was doing hounding Durant. Uh, Miami was doing this with Trey Young all series. Uh, they even won the last game without Jimmy Butler uh, when they had guys like Victor Oladipo, Gabe Vincent, those guys kind of closing out the game to beat uh, Atlanta's top crew. So um, Miami pretty easily, I, I, I predicted it was going to be five. Um, but Miami looks really good. They look like uh, that team in the bubble where they were kind of – Jimmy looks really, really good. He looks like he's controlling the offense and is playing really well. I don't know how significant the injury for Lowry is, but – um, I don't think it's the worst thing because then Jimmy can run more point guard. So um, I definitely want – if for Miami, I think Lowry would want to be on the court, but um, having Jimmy run the point guard isn't the worst thing uh, with him in the playoffs. He's a good playoff player. Yeah, and honestly, I think they'll be fine in the next round, even without Lowry. I'm not 100% sure of it, but I feel like the Heat are just so well coached if they come up against the Sixers. They'll probably figure out a way to take them out. And if not, if they play Toronto, then we'll see. We're waiting. I mean, you look, you, look at, you look how deep their roster is. I mean, you got a guy like Victor Oladipo that didn't play the first two, three games of the series, and now he played 40 minutes in the last game and scored 20 points. So, uh, And we know Victor Oladipo has been a great player for years. He's just had a lot of injuries. So they're – they are probably one of the deepest teams in the NBA, one of the best coaches, like you said. And um, they have a – in the playoffs, they have a top – they have a top 10 player in the NBA. So uh, they're a team to look out for, for sure. I mean, they are number one seed, so I don't know if that kind of ties to them or not. But they are – they're another favorite to come out of the East. Yeah, they are looking good. And like you said, Oladipo just comes out of nowhere and adds three steals. 23 points, three of six from three, eight for 16 from the field, just a total new weapon that they can throw in there now in the next rounds. And I think, like you said, the coaching is such a big deal here. I think this team's just all on the same page. There's no drama compared to Brooklyn, or at least when there is drama, like Jimmy and Spolster earlier in the year, it's kind of like part of their culture. I don't think it's personal. I think they're just being competitive. So this series is over. Trey taken out a little bit, kind of given the Lillard treatment just being double teamed, um, which obviously is going to be tough when Capella's out for a lot of time and Collins is struggling. But I think we all saw this going probably four or five. I think we both predicted five, and that's what we got. Um, but I mentioned the Sixers. How about that series? 3-0, the Sixers were up after Embiid hit a game-winning three. It's now 3-2. Embiid has some ligament damage in his thumb. 
Um, Toronto's going back to Toronto. Scotty Barnes is back. The pressure is on Doc Rivers not to be the first to blow a 3-0 lead. He was getting all defensive in his interviews. I really hope this happens. Yeah, I talked about it last podcast. Um, I thought Toronto was going to take care of business in both games at home. Uh, It looked pretty good, but... uh, Joel made an incredible shot. That was one of the best games of the of the playoffs so far. Kind of just like a three sixty like shot at the buzzer. It was it was it was crazy. But um, yeah, I mean Toronto's such a fun team to watch. Such a fun team to root for. Their coach is super energetic. Their guys are energetic. Kind of next man up mentality. They had Scotty Barnes that got hurt. Um, now they have Fred Van, they got Scotty Barnes back and now Fred Van Vliet's hurt, which Fred Van Vliet's probably one of their top two guys. Uh, if you think about offensively, probably their best guy this year, uh, when you think of how he was an all-star, but, uh, his defense has been really, really bad in the series. Hasn't been able to stay in front of Tyrese Maxey at all. So. Uh, the two games where he kind of got hurt and had, didn't play last game, they, their defense has been a lot better. They held, I mean, they held the 76ers to 88 points at home in a closeout game. So uh, more switchable uh, guys that can stay in front of uh, like Maxi uh, and Harding, like OG Ananobi, Gary Trent, uh, even Precious Chua. So, um, yeah, I think Toronto – I mean, if Toronto wins this game, I feel like they they might be favorites in Game 7 when you think of all the pressure that uh, Doc's going to have on him with his history. Harden's going to have on him with his, his history. Uh, Joel playing with basically four fingers on his shooting hand and then uh, just the crowds of Philly, if that was to happen, um, what would uh, the turntables on that would be? Yeah, that would be crazy. I I don't even know who'd be favorite. I, I agree, probably Toronto, but they'd also start to introduce some pressure being the first team ever just because they might be like, oh my gosh, we can actually do this and get nervous. But like you said, Toronto, just lots of switchable bodies. Precious Achuba was great in this game, 17 points. Toronto was just attacking and beat. There were like six straight possessions that they attacked him specifically and scored, which is very odd considering that he's known as a very good defender. Um, obviously that can change when he's in foul trouble. It might be a little bit easier to attack. Um, but Harden just hasn't looked like himself in this, theory, in this series. Um, Thibault's kind of fallen out of the rotation with his vaccination status and inconsistency and being able to play. Um, and then, like you said, I think the pressure is starting to get there with Doc, with Harden, um, maybe even some of the other guys not quite getting great shooting nights from Tobias Harris or anything. And Toronto's just been consistent. Siakam's been great. He's looked like the star the Blazers really need. But, I mean, if Toronto's going to come back in the series, I don't, I don't think we're going to be able to pry Siakam from him. So, just had to get something Blazers in there. Yeah. Um, and just the, the thinking of just James Harden in these games, like he's just not looking like he did just even last year. He just looks a step slow. It doesn't look like he's chunky or fat. It's just he's just not playing very well. Um, I don't know. I seem like maybe he's just lost a step. 
older age. He's had a lot of miles, a lot of games on him. And um, I don't know. He's going to have to – he's going to have to show out more than – he's going to have to show out like James Harden because Har- uh, Embiid is not 100%. Embiid's still going to play his hardest. We know that. It's just um, – Philly needs a lot more out of uh, a superstar like Harden. Yeah, I completely agree. We'll see. I'm excited for the next game, and I'm sure we'll talk about it next week. But I think I think this series is at least not a disappointment from Toronto anymore. With all the injuries they've had, they fought pretty hard. But uh, it's a t- it's it, it's a from a comparison, like team comparison. I think these two teams are very very uh, equally matched. Yeah, probably. I think them and uh, the next one we'll talk about. I think the Philly, Toronto, and kind of the Memphis, Minnesota. I think are probably the two most like equally matched, good matchups uh, kind of uh, series that we've seen so far. Yeah, speaking of Memphis, Minnesota game last night was crazy. John Morant with the game-winning shot as well as a game-winning three and one of the better dunks I've seen in a playoff game in a long time. Um, Jaw has not been great in the series, similarly to Trey Young. Um, just kind of getting schemed pretty hard. Right? I mean, you're saying he's not playing well, but he's almost averaging a triple-double with 20 points. Yeah, but you, you, know, you know he hasn't been that good. That's, that's like saying Russell Westbrook averages a triple-double. He he's not shot the ball well. Um, he's had a lot of turnovers. He has put in the effort to get rebounds and assists, which of course I appreciate. But you can't tell me he's playing like he he wasn't. No, there. he's he's very inefficient. Um, he's not. He hasn't gone to the line as much as he has been in the last couple of the first couple of games. This is a series that is. I think it's a really great series but it's really hard to watch sometimes because of how um frustrating some of these players are and how frustrating um some of the f- the officiating and the foul calls are um just in general i just i mean carl anthony towns in that that game three uh was one of the worst performances i've ever seen from a superstar he only took four shots um, just kind of, just very, very soft, complains about everything. Um, just very hard to watch. Um, if you're a Minnesota fan, for sure. And if you're a Towns fan and then on the other side, um, Memphis, I think is going to win the series, but Memphis is not going to get past Golden State if Jaron Jackson can't stay on the floor. Um, I don't know who's been on the floor more, Jaron Jackson or that, or that, protester that tried to run on the court on game four <laughs> no she was it's, it, that security guard was ready uh it's unbelievable in five games he has an average of 5.2 fouls a game but the good news is the jaron jackson jr's foul rate is 40 percent higher when he's not on the court with stephen adams and I believe that the Grizzlies will to use Stephen Adams against the Warriors because he'll probably give them trouble on the offensive boards just like the Nuggets did tonight, whereas they were not really able to use him against Towns. So I think there's a little bit of hope there. Hopefully, because if he gets in foul trouble, they're not the same team. No. So 
he makes stupid fouls. He fouls three point shooters, so I don't have a lot. He of- did, uh, in, in that game three, it was it was unbelievable. He had four fouls, ninety feet away from the basket. Yeah, he just goes for stupid things, tries to get steals when he's frustrated. He just he jumps all over the place, um, and I mean, luckily they've had a guy like Brandon Clark play come off the bench for him. So Brendan Clark has kind of been the reason why Memphis is uh, in the situation of kind of closing out a game because, like you said, Jaw's been inefficient. Their second best player in supposedly Jaron Jackson won't stay on the court. So I would say the the key beneficiaries for them um, offensive and defensively uh, has been Brennan Clark, and then just scoring-wise, would I would say uh, Desmond Bain has been playing really, really well. Yeah, I mean, Bain and Clark have probably been better in this series than Jaw as far as our expectations. Jaw's obviously put up the stats, but pretty inefficiently. And, I mean, I, I actually don't think I'm being a biased zag here. Brennan Clark has been just huge in this series. He's, he's, honestly been, he's honestly been the best big in the whole series. He's been amazing. Offensive rebounds, putbacks, timely baskets, floaters, shot, uh, block shots. He's really been very good. Um, he's 82 points in just five games in this week, which is very impressive, as well as 43 rebounds in five games. Um, I'm pretty sure he had like 21 and 15 last game. Um, just a very good small ball five, um, which has helped them out a lot because smaller guys – do pretty well against Towns. And Desmond Bain also looking like the best player on the team. We saw John Morant give his most improved player award to Bain. Kind of a weird thing that happened there, but Bain has been great. Um, probably the best player in the series. Yeah, probably the best. Definitely the best scorer in the series. Um, Anthony Edwards has been playing really well. Uh, good as well on the offensive side, defensive side. I mean, just the tale of both sides of the court, the last couple of seconds of uh, game five, he they run a play for him. Great play that leads him on for three, makes a clutch three to tie the game. And then um, you knew that you, I, I knew that if Jaw was going to get the ball, he was going to try to run towards the, towards the rim to either get contact or he's one of the best finishers in the NBA. So um, to try to go for the steal in that situation and then have Jaw basically have a, a two on one. Um, against Vanderbilt with three seconds left. It kind of just was not a smart play from him. Um, but you know me, I love Anthony Edwards. Um, but I was kind of worried there for a second that um, I was going to run out of my medication if he, with that knee injury. <laughs> but because um, it didn't look good, he was got to get carried out. And I believe that was game four. I believe that was game four. Um, but he had to get carried off and thought it was like a MCL or something bad. And But he came back out and um, played really well. He's played really well this series. But, um, yeah, it's a very competitive series. And, uh, yeah, it's kind of been the, the other guys for sure, not the, not the, uh, the stars that we would think. Yeah, I agree. I think Memphis will close this out in six, but um, you were talking about the two-on-one with Jaw. I thought Jaw was going to throw that as a lob to Clark, 
I was a little bit surprised he didn't, but took the shot with his left and finished anyway. Um, what are your so? I like Memphis's team. I think that. I think that Dylan Brooks is very overrated, though. I want. I want to know your opinions on Dylan Brooks. I mean, when I've seen him play, he's been good. He's a good defender. He's feisty. He can shoot the ball. But I've heard their fans complain about him so much about how selfish he is, um, takes stupid shots, things like that. And I have seen that, noticed that a little bit. So it's tough because I feel like he's a guy I'd be fine with coming off the bench on the Blazers. He's a good defender. He's a good shooter. He really cares. Um, he just sometimes but he was he was the main reason why that game was close last night. Yeah. Shot three for eighteen, one for ten from three. Um was getting cooked by Edwards, so I don't know. Uh, I feel like he's there. He's there. I wouldn't say actually he's their weakest link. I think Jaron Jackson's their weakest link because he gets in foul trouble all the time. But um, Dylan Brooks is kind of a guy that I think is a little overrated. It seems like every single time I'm watching a broadcast from either Portland or whoever's playing Memphis, they always love Dylan Brooks because of how hard he plays and. He's, I guess, he's a good shooter, but every single time I watch him, he's just very inefficient and just chucks up some really dumb stuff. Yeah, I agree. I, I mean, I've only seen a small sample size of him, and he's played well when I've seen him. But their fans complain about how inefficient he is all the time. And I think he gets some of that Oregon Duck love from Blazers announcers and things like that. Um, I'm sure he's got the right mentality, but sometimes just tries to do way too much. But yeah, I kind of I picked Memphis to beat the Warriors in the next series. That was my prediction. Um, I actually don't think they will. I think they'll probably beat the Wolves in six, but I don't think they can beat the Warriors. Moving on to the uh, Mavericks and Jazz series. Kind of one of the lesser interesting ones. Maybe I'm just kind of being a hater of the Jazz and not liking watching Gobert. But since Luca's come back, it's been a little bit better. Um, of a series. The Mavericks are up 3-2 currently, going back to Utah. Donovan Mitchell has just been terrible on defense, getting blown by every single time. Um, another guy who probably deserves to be in the overrated conversation. Um, on the other side, Jalen Brunson on the Mavericks has been extremely underrated. And then Luka is just doing Luka now that he's back. I think we both picked the Jazz to win the series, but that's because we had no idea what was going on with Luka. Yeah. Um Talk about Donovan Mitchell. Um, another guy that kind of pulled up with injury. I think he got pulled out of that game, but when it was when the game was totally out of hand already. I mean, one of the worst games of the uh, playoffs so far, um, just by like competitiveness. I mean, they won. Mavericks won by thirty-five, but that was <laughs> that was kind of close. I mean, I think the Jazz shot three for thirty from three-point range, which is awful you think of like that's like high school basketball numbers um but yeah donovan mitchell has been really inefficient all series mike conley looks washed up um their best scorer has basically been uh jordan clarkson off the bench but he just doesn't apply any defensive as well so um maybe they look to play clarkson more in game six instead of conley um, especially, they'll play him especially more if Mitchell's slowed down. But 
like you said, whoever's been switched on to Mitchell um, has kind of been attacking him, um, either if that's Brunson, Doncic, uh, even Spencer Dinwiddie. So, um, yeah, uh, I don't know how much is, is Donald Mitchell being overrated because we've seen him be really good in the playoffs or he just is basically done with the Jazz organization as a whole. Probably a little bit of both, but Mitchell was a minus 38 tonight. Bogdanovich minus 37, shooting 0 for 9. Uh, the Jazz really just shot terribly. Conley 1 for 6, Royce O'Neal 2 for 6. Um, interestingly, though, Daniel House Jr. off the bench was a plus 12. Everybody else on the team was pretty much negative besides Hernan Gomez and a few guys who played like five minutes. But um, Mitchell minus 38, Gobert minus 8. Looks like that's some points for Rudy in the uh, Gobert versus Mitchell conversation. But uh, Jazz, 77 points. You're just not going to get it done that way. And I feel pretty pretty sure that the Mavericks are going to win this series, whether, whether it's in six or seven. Yeah, and something that's interesting, um, I don't know if he's been hurt or um, anything like that that's going on, but I feel like uh, watching him play all year, he kind of played really well against the Blazers all year. Um, a guy like Rudy Gay really matches up really well against Dallas. When you think of all the wings that they have, like Finney Smith, Bullock, uh, Maxi Kleber, Bertans, like I feel like he matches up pretty well against those guys, and he hasn't played all series. Um, I know that Utah has a lot of wings, but they have a lot of wings that really don't do anything offensively, like Royce O'Neal, Daniel House, um, Eric Pascal, Hernan Gomez. Like I don't, none of those guys can really score, and we know Rudy Gay can score. I I don't know if there's an injury we don't know about, but he has not. I mean, he hasn't even. He hasn't even touched the court, even in the blowout. So I don't know what's going on there. He's also a veteran. I mean, not that he has a ton of real playoff experience. Unless I'm forgetting about something. But he's a veteran. He, I'd throw him in the starting lineup instead of Conley. Just unless, unless he was so terrible that he doesn't deserve it. I think he's... No, but like he's been... He was good all year. I, and he's a, kind of... They're yeah. forward off the bench. I remember him scoring, I think at least 15 against the Blazers once or twice even this year. I thought he I thought he was pretty good this year for a guy who's, you know, going up in age, I think in his high 30s now. So, um, yeah, it's surprising. Maybe there's an injury we don't know about. But, um, yeah, it's kind of surprising to see uh, Juancho Hernan Gomez get 20 minutes a game and Rudy Gay not, hasn't even touched the floor. Yeah, it is pretty weird. Maybe he's just gotten a lot worse at defense lately, and we don't know. But I, I do agree, earlier in the year he was good, um, and he just got a lot of skills, especially when they're lacking scoring right now. Um, but moving on to the last series, Suns and Pelicans. Suns are up 3-2. It was 2-2 at one point. Without Devin Burker, people were starting to wonder. Pelicans might just win the series, but Mikel Bridges, 31 points last night, made sure that didn't happen. Um, Chris Paul... Again, pretty good. 22 points, 11 assists, 3 steals. We knew he'd be good after the disrespect Alvarado and Herb Jones gave him last game. Um, and then Jay Crowder, Jay Crowder finally made a shot. Um, pretty good all around from the Suns. Pelicans were in it for a while. Ingram's been great. But uh, eventually, Suns kind of just pulled away with their talent. Yeah, B.I.'s been 
amazing in this series. He's looked like the best player on the court in some of these games. Um, definitely the best scorer. Uh, he's been playing really well. And kind of on the opposite side, CJ's kind of really not had that game um, where he's kind of taken over. It's kind of just been Brandon, uh, Brandon time. Um, and, yeah, I mean, game five, I mean, was just kind of Phoenix the whole way uh, with – Paul just being a distributor and kind of Bridges just being so efficient from three. We know he's such a good defender. I think he finished second in the uh, the Defensive Player of the Year award um, and just just very spot up, making all of his spot ups and was making uh, shots off the dribble. And then at the end of the game, three straight dunks to end the game kind of out. So um, I feel like this game, I feel like um, the way that New Orleans' crowd has kind of been, I feel like this game's probably going to – I feel like they're going to win game six. I feel like it's going to go seven. Um, but I feel like Phoenix has the advantage uh, in game seven with having a guy like Chris Paul and then the rumors of maybe Booker being able to come back. So um, we don't know if it's – I mean, a hamstring, you never know. He, he could play three or four minutes and it can flare up again. So – um, I still feel like Phoenix is going to win this series, but I would not be surprised if New Orleans wins uh, game six at home. Yeah, I feel the same about this series, the Memphis series, and the Mavericks series, and I feel the same way in that if Phoenix loses game six, if Memphis loses game six, or if Dallas loses game six, I'm pretty sure they're all going to win game seven. It's kind of weird, just... With the home court advantage, I just feel like they won't lose the game seven, especially being the superior team all year. Um, but weirder things. And I feel, I feel, and I feel like if they lose game six, I feel like Booker's gonna come back for game seven. Yeah, and if he does come back for game six, I don't think they'll lose it, but it's possible. Um, New Orleans has really turned it around from the beginning of the year when they were on pace to being one of the worst teams ever. Um, but. With Booker coming back, I think the Suns will be fine. Um, now that we've talked about all the series, besides the Celtics, because they've obviously looked the best of any team, do you agree with that? Uh, yeah. So besides- uh, best defensive team for sure, and kind of, um, yeah, Tatum's breakout performance. Yeah, I feel like they have been the most all-around all team so far, for sure. Yeah. I totally agree. Um, my one concern with them is maybe Brooklyn's defense was just so bad that Boston's offense looked better than it's going to be, and they might struggle a little bit against a good def- defensive team um, like Miami or Milwaukee. But um, we'll see. Um, besides Boston, who has looked the best to you? Um, I feel like it's kind of a. I feel like it's kind of a mixture um, of kind of the teams that kind of played the two worst teams basically in the playoffs. When you think of Golden State playing Denver and Miami playing Atlanta, those are probably, if they were to reseed them, um, those are probably eight and eight on both sides. Um, not saying that, and Denver has the best player in the universe right now, but it's just there's just no help around him really. And they just didn't really match up with Golden State very well. 
But Golden State's uh, energy, um, feeling like Curry's back from injury, Draymond's playing playoff basketball, um, the arena kind of making it a playoff atmosphere again. So Golden State's been really impressive, and then Miami's just been quietly just impressive. Nothing's like really popping out of the stat books. No, no just highlight real plays or highlight real anything like that like the John Morants and the dunks and the buzzer beaters and all that but Miami's just been quietly just playing really dominant as well yeah and I think people are underrating Milwaukee a little bit still just because they lost um, that one game in Chicago and lost Middleton but in all likelihood Middleton could be back for some of the Boston series I mean it's going to be tough without him but um Definitely still an impressive series for them. Yeah, and I wonder I wonder how uh I wonder how Boston's gonna guard Giannis because they have the guys. I, well, I definitely feel like they're gonna they're gonna build a wall, they're gonna dare Giannis to shoot, they're gonna guard Giannis basically how I guess they're gonna guard him how basically they were guarding Bruce Brown, I guess. I don't know, but by not giving, I guess, him as much space in the paint, but like, just they're just gonna dare him to shoot, and I don't. And Giannis gonna have to make his free throws and uh, make some jump shots. I think. Yeah, it's it, it'll be interesting to see because Boston really hasn't. They didn't have to defend a great center on Brooklyn, um, and Giannis pretty much being a center, um, and when he's not, Brook Lopez, but. I wonder if he's just going to be too big for guys like Tyson Horford, who just can't really keep up, keep up with him anymore. But yeah, I think Williams could have to be – he's going to get – luckily they finished that series quick so he gets a little bit more rest, but Williams is going to be very important in that series, I think. Grant uh, – sorry, Robert Williams. Yeah, they, it's easy to get him mixed up, but both will probably guard Jonas at some point. Um, so, yeah, that'll be an interesting series. Um, middle thing was announced to miss two weeks – at least it's been almost one, so he might, you know, creep into the series game three or four or five, something like that. But um, that's probably best case scenario. But um, do we want to predict the next round of the ones that are set, or do we want to just end it there? Uh, I mean, I guess we could just predict what we think is going to what we what we think it's gonna be. So what Phoenix, Dallas, Golden State, Memphis, Miami. I want Toronto. I feel like it all comes down to game six. Yeah. Um so I'm gonna go with Toronto and then the Milwaukee, Boston. Probably that's probably the best series I would think out of out of those. Yeah. I agree. Um, and whether it is Philadelphia or Toronto, I think it'll be a good series against Miami. Um, just because we don't really know about the health of Jimmy Butler and Kyle Lowry. So Miami probably will be one of those teams, but we don't know. So those will be exciting as well. And then in the West, I mean, Suns versus Mavs, pretty likely. Luka versus Aiton, the good old, the good old NBA draft rivalry. Um, and then if it's Memphis Golden State, which it looks like it probably will be. That's going to be really Yeah, that, that'll be a very fun series. Very up-paced, high-scoring. I just don't know. 
Um, I feel like the games will be close, but I think Golden State's kind of will be the favorite for sure. I think it probably goes five or six, um, but I feel like Golden State would have the advantage there. Um, but it'll be a very there'll be highlights for sure um, from Curry and and from Morant. Yeah, they just have so much more experience, and sometimes the Grizzlies and Wolves do things that just make you want to bash your head into a wall because it just doesn't make sense with the way some of those guys foul and all that. So I could see the Warriors winning probably in six or seven. But um, anything else you wanna anything else you wanna go over before we end it for the night? Uh, what do you think that lady was gonna do when she was running on the court? I don't know. She had a shirt. It again is related to the. Wolves owner bearing a bunch of um, live birds, but I don't know. It seems like they're just trying to get attention now. But they well, do we think? Do we think? It, do we think one's going to happen? Game six. I'd honestly be surprised if it didn't at this point. <laughs> I mean, it's happened pretty much every game. So we'll see. But they dragged her out of there quickly. So. Anyways, great basketball going on. Super excited for tomorrow, um, just with the Sixers and Raptors game. See if the Raptors can really put the pressure on. Or is that not tomorrow? No, it is tomorrow. 4 p.m., Sixers and Raptors. And then Yeah, everybody, everybody plays tomorrow except uh, the, Memphis, the Memphis game. Yeah, so Suns trying to close it out, Mavericks trying to close it out, and Sixers trying to close it out tomorrow. Those are all going to be great. Um, I'm going to say that the Raptors force a game seven, the Suns close it out, and the Mavs close it out. Uh, yeah. I feel like Utah could, they could take it to seven. It just depends on, um, you know, Utah's fans don't, I mean, Utah's fans are kind of over this whole situation, but Utah's fans usually show out in the playoffs. Um, so the crowd could lead them to a victory, but Dallas has the best player on the court. So that could uh, that could be the leaning point there too. Yep, agreed. But um, thanks for listening. Another great episode of Rippin' Hoops affiliated with the Rose City Hoops Instagram page. Hopefully we can get back to some more Blazers content soon, but for now we've got the rest of the NBA playoffs covered for you. Thanks for listening. See you guys next week.